Hey nerds, Taylor D. Adams here, one of your hosts here at the Popcorn and Nerds podcast. Just want to first of all say thank you uh, for your continued support and listening to our podcast. We really enjoy uh, talking about movies and TV shows um, and having feedback from you guys is so important and so valuable to what we do and it helps us be better at what we're trying to do here. And the easiest way for us to know that is for you to uh, subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Helps us keep track of the numbers and some statistics type stuff. Uh, and then if you want to leave a review of our podcast as well, that helps us know how we're doing. Just a quick heads up for this episode. Around the 21 minute mark, we had some audio issues. So you might notice a slight change in the uh, the, the sound. Um, we were, it was like a small microphone issue had to do mainly with our live stream we do on Facebook Live every episode. Um, but hopefully it doesn't completely ruin your listening experience. Uh, okay, that's about it. Um, please enjoy the show. From Scrap Productions and Spider's Corner, this is Popcorn and Nerds, your favorite pop culture podcast with snacks. Hi, how's everyone doing? Uh, my name is Taylor D. Adams. I am one of your hosts here on the Popcorn and Nerds podcast, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mark Showtime Goings. I'm getting the new names every week, every week. <laughs> I told you every time, every, every episode where I introduce you, you're going to have a different middle name. Solid. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Okay, good. And a special welcome back to our sexy, sexy moderator, Jeff Shepard. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. <laughs> How Hi. are you? We're great. How are you, man? We missed you last week. I know. Yeah, I, you know, I heard you got an upgrade, though. You got someone way hotter than me. Yeah. To, to Sorry. Do the show, so. Way hotter and way more qualified. Yep. Shout out to guest moderator oh. Nicole Yang for subbing in last week. <laughs> she did a great job. Uh, last week was a really cool episode. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, special shout-outs to uh, some of our listeners and fans and people that have been on the show before um, for texting me and Facebook messaging us um, after our recommend after our season two review of Glow. Uh, I had two people message me and text me and be like, "Dude, I started watching this on y'all's recommendation and I'm hooked." So yeah. it's we're doing a service. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Um, but yeah, glad, yeah, glad to hear people are enjoying it. Uh, stick with it got two seasons maybe a third eventually yeah i hope so too um but if you guys haven't checked that out uh check out popcornandnerds.com all of our websites or all of our websites what plural i haven't even had this to drink yet and i'm already (laughs) mixing up my words but yeah if you guys missed uh our last review uh season two of glow now available on netflix you can catch that episode on popcornandnerds.com that's where all of our episodes live uh so go ahead and check that out and um see if there's anything that you've seen that we've reviewed, and if there's something that you have seen that you want us to review, please let us know. Um, we're always willing to check out some new stuff, uh, definitely. Um, well, let's get to our snack for the week. Mark, Mark, what we got going on today? And this is, this is going to require some explanation, I feel like. It is. It is. <laughs> um, so, for our drink, this week we decided to go with mead. Because, in honor of Ant-Man and the Wasp, mead, it's made with honey, wasps bees insects even though we talked about this on uh in the group chat uh wasps actually don't actually they don't contribute to honey making at all they're just kind of dicks um are you talking about the insects or like white anglo-saxon Protestants? wasps <laughs> <laughs> i've not heard that uh 
I guess that acronym before. Really? Yeah. What? No. Wow. Well, white people suck too. Okay. Well, I'm glad we could teach you something this yes. week. <laughs> I learned. So- I learned something today. Yay. Um. But no. So we have uh from Redstone Meadery a um. Mead, obviously made with honey, like I said, and this one is actually flavored with vanilla and cinnamon sticks. Ooh! I think it says vanilla bean. Actually. Vanilla beans. It does say vanilla bean. Awesome. Um, I tried to get some Honey Girl Meadery. Shout out to Honey, honey Girl Meadery out of Durham. Uh, but we didn't. No, we didn't. I couldn't find it actually. End of, um, end of the story. End of story. No, they um, they're very tasty. I've had them a few times, but they apparently sell out in local stores. Uh, and have trouble keeping them on the shelves. So we went with this one. Uh, seemed like a, a good replacement. Uh, I haven't actually had it yet. Let's do that real quick. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, God. It smells so sugary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not bad. That's not bad. It's it's still pretty sweet, but yeah. then it's, well, I mean, it's yes, almost... It, it's like made from honey, so yeah. obviously that's going to happen. It's almost like a, little, a little dry on the end. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But um, I ain't mad at it. I'm probably like, how much is left? Uh, I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll finish that tonight. We got it. It's not bad. We got it. Okay, you got it. Don't be soft, Taylor. <laughs> um, and then for our actual snack, um, an Entenmann's. <laughs> raspberry Danish. It's, it sounds like we're phoning it in. It really does. Uh, <laughs> We'll get into it, I guess, if you've seen the movie, but this is for the fancy clients, uh, <laughs> for important people. Yeah. So this is for the, the fancy clients it, of XCon security. Yeah, XCon security systems. So <laughs> why did you bring out the fancy pastries? Um, we brought it out for you, for the fans. So that's what it's for. But, but it's weird because you guys can't really enjoy this, so you just get to watch us enjoy it eat for it you on the live chat, and you get to hear us eat it on the live podcast. vicariously through our mouth noises. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's quite enough for that. <laughs> enough for that, yeah. Um, uh, so we're gonna cut that up real quick, and because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and cut us up. All right, let's check this out. I can just feel the process that goes into this. Mm, processed baked goods. All right, let's check it out. You and baked goods, man. It's your kryptonite. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Mark, take a bite. I will. Let's know what you think. I, lo- I love Danishes. So I'm not a huge raspberry person. Mm. Like I like it, but it's not my go-to fruit or flavoring. But it's pretty good. I so I think it's fancy client approved, definitely. I think raspberry is my favorite berry. Raspberries. Raspberries. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. But won't get into it again. Uh, Mark, what kind of what kind of video game news you got for us this week? Um, what do I have this week? Nintendo has stated that they are roughly releasing 30 indie titles, like, per week, I think, on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's a very aggressive pace, and people are worried that they're just going to St- Is it starting at a certain point, or, like, they're currently just they, are? They've already been doing that. Oh, um, dang. Indies love the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been super successful there. People really are enjoying the fact that they can pick up the Switch, take it and go, and have all those indie titles like with them. Um, so even games that have been out for years now, like on Steam or other 
platforms of that nature right. uh, are finding new life on the Switch where people can just pick them up and, again, take them with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it's, the Switch has been very successful in that fact that people want to take their games with them. And if you have a console quality experience on the go mm-hmm. like pe- that's been like the goal all along right um so that's very cool uh that they're doing that people are like i said worried that maybe with that many that's too much choice uh and just flooding that market but i think um that gives you variety and yeah. a lot of them again have been around for years so it's introducing new people to those games but then also giving people uh, an opportunity to just have it all in one place, take it with them mm-hmm. uh, in, in a portable fashion. So I'm not against it. Um, that's been interesting to see. We're entering a kind of a, a slow period of the year uh, as things ramp up towards the fall that are generally very heavy with releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, E3 is over at this point, and so the next game show, I guess, is is that TGS or is it Gamescom? I think Gamescom is in August uh tgs tokyo game show is in september generally um so yeah we're kind of in this lull period right now uh but there'll be good stuff coming and i know there are still games being released project octo or well octopath traveler comes out yeah you talked friday about, you talked about that last week yeah no um so yeah we're just kind of in a holding pattern right now until more okay. news comes out uh this fall for new things gotcha next year and then forward from there yeah um, yeah definitely when once fall hits around and then people are start shopping for christmas like that's mm-hmm. you know when a lot of the big titles drop and yeah smash and brothers like in december and yeah we might uh, do a whole podcast on smash brothers we might live stream we're just gonna play smash, smash brothers play for the first time which I, might be that's not a terrible idea <laughs> it's like sorry this isn't actually a review this is just us playing smash brothers playing the smash brothers and talking shit to one another i feel like mark would just dominate that though it, good it would smash be, brothers i'm me and mark are okay. like it's relatively even. Mark Mark has probably beat me like like by ten games. Like in thinking the overall out of ten. Uh, don't get cocky, kid. It's pretty even, but you have definitely played it probably more than I have. But we ha- we haven't played together in a long time, mm-hmm. so we'll have to come it, out of retirement for that or something. And neither of us have we played should make this a one belt. because it's new. We should make a championship belt. <laughs> and it just goes back and forth. Yeah, do we just hand it off? Um. We can have odd segments there where it's just like us walking with the belt and talking shit to the other person. I know. Like, you better Taylor. believe it, brother. <laughs> I remember when this belt was yours, <laughs> but no longer. It's with its rightful owner now. Mm-hmm. Step up. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, stuff we've gotten into this past week. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first because so Mark give a uh, give Mark time to eat his intimates. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so The Handmaid's Tale wrapped up its second season uh, this week on Hulu. Uh, finished that today. Actually, today's Wednesday. So, yeah, it came out earlier today. Um, this was a really good season for the show. Like, it's hard to it's – so, it's so dark and depressing that it's, like, kind of hard to really talk positively about it other from the standpoint that the performances and the messages in it are really good. Um, the first season was all about kind of introducing you to the, this world of Gilead and trying to show you how um, the rules work and how uh, um, just setting up different plot lines and storylines. Um, this season I thought was really good, probably better than the second, 
but only in the sense that like the second the first was a lot of setup um so this was uh, the second season was really good um I don't have a vote in an Emmy or any kind of Academy, but if I did, I would give my award for best supporting actress in a drama to Yvonne Strahovski because she absolutely nailed it on that show this year. Like she plays such a complicated character. Like she's like in the grand scheme of things, like if she's on the, the good guy or the bad guy side, she's on the bad guy side, but she's so complex and so layered. Her character is, and she provides such a dynamic performance of it too that it's like you feel every emotion she's going through even like you see where her hate comes from you see where her sadness comes from and it's just she's just unreal at at, at doing that and it's, it's welcome too because like you know we got to know her on chuck mm-hmm. and chuck was a fun show like so that's what we got to that was oh this actress she's she's cool she's pretty she can kick ass like this is really cool she had a guest spot on dexter for a little bit but like i don't really count the latter half of the seasons of dexter as anything worth watching. Must um, be yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just nice to see her in this kind of role and she, and she absolutely kills it. Um, another thing I got into this past week, um, it's a show that came out last year on USA called the center. Um, and it got released on Netflix, I think last week. Um, yeah. I mean, to check it out. It stars Jessica Biel, um, as our heroine, uh, our main character. And she kind of, it's, it's this weird, it's a very weird show. It's very, it's a kind of like a murder mystery type of show. Um, you're kind of putting the pieces together. Um, but I don't want to really like, I don't really want to spoil it because within the first 10 minutes, the premise is shown to you. And the premise is so like, um, jaw dropping and shocking that I feel like you have to watch in order to really get hooked in. But I'll just say, um, it's just, it's just a really cool story. Um, dealing with kind of, um, mental, mental, physical abuse and wanting to escape one's scenario and kind of like this search for independence and self. And that all sounds like very metaphysical and uh, existential, but it's just a really, really um, well done show. I do like, it's not perfect. I mean, there are some things where I was just like, Oh, this is how they're doing it because it involves like a police investigation. And some of the parts of the police investigation, I'm like, Oh, is this, is, is that what they're supposed to do? Like, is that police procedure? But you have to kind of standard operating. Procedure? Yeah. Yeah. You have to have that suspension of disbelief in order to, to carry on with the show um outside of those things that i've been watching i just want to make a quick mention of some podcasts that i've been into recently um a couple months ago uh dax shepherd launched a podcast called armchair expert and it's a really good podcast really um he just kind of sits down with people that he knows and a lot of them are like celebrities and he just talks with them and a lot of it deals like he's like kind of an armchair like psychologist like he tries to he he gets the guests to narrate through like where they came from and how they grew up. And then also like delving into their more emotional issues, not in like a breakdown crying kind of way, but just how they came to be who they are. And yeah. it's really well done too. Um, formative episodes. And yeah. The cool, the cool nature. kind of pitch is like, he's just, uh, I think photos of him. He's always like in overalls and in a leather chair and they, they, sh- they record it in like an attic that's being, uh, that they're, they can record in while their house is being renovated. Interesting. Um, but no, they've had some really cool guests on there. Obviously, they have Kristen Bell on there. Um, they've Makes had, uh, yeah, Lauren Graham, Katie Couric, um, Mark Marin, uh, Talib Kohli, like some really cool guests on there just to get their takes and opinions. Um, so that, and then another podcast that Mark will probably, Mark will absolutely hate. Um, I'll just go ahead and say that right now. It's called How Did This Get Made? Um, and it's a podcast about terrible movies. Um, so Taylor loves it. It's hilarious. It stars. It stars. Uh, or the hosts are Paul Shear, okay. Andre from yeah. the League, 
and Jason Manzukis, Rafi from the league, and June Dia Raphael, who her most recent kind of um, Raphael is actually married to Paul Shear, and her most recent kind of role is um, one of the daughters on Grace and Frankie. Um, and that okay. it's a it's a it's it's oh, hysterical. Yeah, she, the she was God, and what she, the she, gynecologist she went, in New Girl. Sure. Did you, you I don't watch New Girl, never, so you have to tell me. Mind. You sounded you weren't sure of that, so I'm gonna. <laughs> well, I, I don't know who you're talking about, but she was one of the daughters in Grace and Frankie too. She yes, w- she was the one who took over the the business. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. okay. Um. Anyway, but it's just it's a hysterical show, and a lot of their episodes over the past couple of years are all done live. They're done in front of a live audience, which makes it more engaging. So they'll watch the movie, and then they come on and they talk about it, and the audience has seen it too, and they come on and just rag on it. I think one of the ones that I listened to recently was, um. It was about made by a year old. Uh, they watched Jason X, and they oh, were ripped okay. on that, and it was absolutely hysterical. Um, they've done Sharknado. Uh, they've done um, which one? They've done striptease. Um, they've done. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else that would like, like you might know of. Um, but anyway, it's a really cool podcast. It's, it's called How Did This Get Made. Um, it's hysterical. Um, even if you haven't seen the movie, like I'll, I'll listen to the episodes where I haven't seen the movie, but just to hear them describe everything and also. It becomes a comedy podcast where they're just pitching jokes back and forth, which yeah. makes it very entertaining. Uh, we, we did get a, a podcast podcast suggestion uh, from the audience. Uh, have you guys, either of you, uh, listened to Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History? Uh, I've listened to a couple episodes a while ago. Um, I dug it, but I think my mental state in when I was listening to them, like driving late at night, it wasn't helping me stay awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I have, but the couple episodes I listened to were were very very interesting. Um, I know it's a popular. Yeah, it's a popular it's podcast. A popular, I feel like yeah. a lot of yeah. people. Um, but yeah, popular in the audience as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine so. Uh, Mark, what have, uh, what did you get into this week? Uh, I finished up Alias Grace. Nice. What did you think? Without was, spoiling, it was interesting. It's ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never. I <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say something, but I was like, that's kind of spoiling. So yeah, it, it was different. Um, and didn't really turn out the way I expected. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a fun watch and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend that to people who want just something different to look into. Uh, it's a limited series, so it's six episodes, I think. Um, Zachary Levi was in it and when he showed up, I was like, oh, this guy, Chuck reference again. It's uh, it's interesting and it's yeah. different. Uh, without giving too much I'm away, different. yeah. If you're looking for something, uh, just again different to watch. It's six episodes. Um, pretty quick to burn through. I think they're 45 minute episodes, roughly. Uh, yeah. And that, like I said, I saw Zach Levi show up and I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I just right. I, just, I was like, oh hey, what's up? This guy, again, second Chuck reference of the evening. Uh, That's not too much of a spoiler. He's just a character. Yeah, he's just yeah. a character in there. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was good. It was interesting, and then it's one of those like mysteries, like what happened, and it's playing it back and right. uh, kind of talks about how memory works. Uh, and yo, memory's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 different. But uh, if you just want to kill some time. Uh, Check out Alias Grace. Six episodes on Netflix, limited series. Um, outside of that, uh, Overlord came back, an anime show that I watch. Oh, okay. uh, it's on its third season now. 
Um, there is an anime series also on Netflix called uh, Fate Stay Lost, or I guess Fate Extra Lost Episode or something like that. Um, that sounds like a terrible title. It's the Fate Stay Night series uh, has kind of had all these different spinoffs, and this is one of them. Uh, I think this is actually that's the Fate Extra was a, a game series on the PSP that they made an anime series out of. I could be wrong there, um, but I know Fate Extra was a game on PSP. But the Fate series is uh, all revolve around the Holy Grail War, which is. There's masters and servants, and so masters are magicians that exist in the time that the Holy Grail War is happening. It happens once every hundred years, I believe. And um, they basically kind of like enter into this competition and through magic and things summon a servant who is a hero or mythological figure from history uh, that fits into one of several different classes so there's like archer saber berserker magician rider um these different kinds of classes like this that then these heroes are brought back from time uh to serve the master and eventually the goal is to win the holy grail war and then you're granted a wish uh if you actually win that war um i think the original was maybe hentai related it's not anymore why why it, it comes it's, back to it that had sometimes. been so long it had been so long since you even mentioned hentai why um, why do it now but the series are actually very good um good action it's an interesting concept and this one specifically is even further i guess in the future um and is almost in a like virtual realm kind of thing but it's still pretty cool um probably about halfway through that i think on netflix um outside of that i played a little bit of mario tennis uh nice. the new one on, on the switch mm-hmm. played through a little bit of the adventure mode and uh actually played a, a few matches of Fortnite for the first time oh hey look at you yeah it's like you're joining the I know. Well, uh, uh, us. I still haven't played it. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I got absolutely... We're, we're, we're making fun of you. We haven't even touched I know. it. I got absolutely destroyed. Uh, I was trying to do... Like, I'm not great at shooter games anyway. Um, so I was trying to do, like, the shooter aspects, obviously, mm-hmm. and the building. But I need to focus on one first, get good at the shooting, then start figuring out how the building mechanics work. I got you. Um, but yeah, it was it was still interesting. It was fun. Uh, I was too far away for the first round and actually got um, caught up in the the map shrinking. So like, there's a the storm shield or whatever that pulls in every so often within the match. Right. And uh, just kept dying because I was outside of that. So you lose health the longer you're outside of that bubble. Mm-hmm. And so I was one of like the last people left on my team and I had been dicking around and then uh, the shield started moving again. So I'm like running and it's like, so-and-so is spectating you. So-and-so is spectating you. It's like, don't watch, don't watch me. Um, and it was just like, I guess all my teammates who had died watching me to see what I was doing. And it's just me like dying outside of this shield. And so I'm like running, running, running. 
This, and, poor, this poor bastard. I know, right? Just as I get like through the shield barrier, it stops. I've lost just enough health to be downed. And so when you're downed, you're not dead. You're kind of like crawling around. Yeah. And someone on the other team kind of looks over and sees me. They just come over to me and like look down at me and just like execute me. And I was like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, no mercy. So it requires uh, more practice. It's definitely got a learning curve to it. I got you. But it was interesting. Um, cool. I was a little sad that you can't design your character from the beginning. Uh, your character is randomly generated. And then um, you can either buy credits or I think you can earn stuff eventually uh, to modify your character and change them around. But right. basically you just get what you get when you create your account okay. uh, from the get-go. And I think that the character design, uh, character creation aspect of it is forthcoming they mm-hmm. just right now don't have it it's just randomly generated and that's what you get i got you um but yeah so that's basically all i did uh, outside of go to see this movie and uh, yeah yeah cool sounds good um all right well i think it's about that time is it uh so now let's go ahead and without further ado we'll get into our review of ant-man and the wasp I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. I do some dumb things, and the people I love the most, they pay the price. Thanks to you, we had to run. We're still running. Let's go. Uh, as Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. Ooh. That's the synopsis for Ant-Man and the Wasp, courtesy of the fine folks at IMDb. Written by Walt Disney. Written by says. Walt Disney Studios. Mark, uh, we saw this together. We did. The other night. Yes. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this new Marvel movie? Another, another, another goddamn Marvel, Marvel movie. <laughs> That's on my post. I was like, new week, new Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, new Marvel property, I guess, would be more accurate. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, it's it was fun to just sit and watch, and we had kind of talked about it before the movie, but it felt like almost like a palate cleanser. Like it's different. And feels different from the rest of the movies that are happening. So it was kind of like a breath of fresh air uh, to have this slightly removed from all the rest of the happenings that are kind of hap- like very front and center in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, Paul Rudd's hilarious. Like I don't think I've seen anything with him in it that I haven't enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, the overall story was eh. Mm-hmm. But it was still, like, while I was sitting there, like, I was enjoying it and had fun, uh, which is largely what I go to movies for, uh, is just to have a good time. So, it succeeded in that. How about you, Taylor? What did you think of it? I'm kind of along the same lines. Yeah, I had, like, it was fun. It it really was. Like, it was a lot of fun. I thought the pacing of it was really good. Um, Like, was it perfect from a story or a character standpoint? No, No. but... um, 
from and like entertainment value of going to a theater and um, marveling <laughs> at some of the spectacles. Um, there was a lot of value there. Um, loved the. I thought in some aspects it was better than the first one, especially with the chemistry between um, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. And also, I think her character was just more well written um, yes. this time around. Um, so that was I. Re- I really enjoyed that part for sure. Um, I'm, 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 I love all of the 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 shrinking effects and the enlarging effects. Yeah, um, I think they did a really cool job with that. And, and it's love. It's it's all. It's you know. It's mostly action when it comes to that stuff, but. They find such a clever way to turn it into like some comedic bits as well, which mm-hmm. we'll get into when we're in spoilers. Yeah, um, and that's what makes that's what made it really fun. Like, you know, the first one was more of a heist movie and had that fun twist to it. Um, it's a little bit. I, don't know, I mean, anybody can argue that some Marvel characters are lesser known or more known or whatever like that, but it's definitely not like one that is like considered like a normal favorite, I guess, from the Marvel universe. Um, but still, this one I feel like has the most potential to be like a fun slash comedic. Um, type of franchise, um, so yeah, I, I just I, I thought it was um, a lot of fun to watch. I think there were some, like I said, some issues where I, I was like, what, "What what are they doing?" or like, "Why do they do that?" or like, "Eh." Some of the jokes didn't land for me. Um, like I felt it was like kind of some of the humor was a little bit forced, um, but others like completely stuck the landing and a lot of um, physical comedic bits too. Yeah. Um, Taylor was the lou- loudest person in the theater laughing. Uh, was I? Several times. Okay. There was an entire row in front of us, in row in front of us, which we'll get to uh, once that, we get the spoilers. Mm, mm. Um, that was bro. I want to go on a bro. I want to go on a rant with all that. Um, <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely, I've heard it called a palate cleanser from like after seeing Infinity War. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely that. Um, something that doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, even the, like, the stakes are high, um, but only, but they're kind of in the background in a way. Like, you know what the stake is and that it's kind of high, but the whole storyline is super light and a lot of fun, and it's just, bam, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Just, like, going through a bunch of different set pieces and a bunch of different objectives and a whole lot of humor, and it never slowed down, which I was thought was really... Uh, was really good. Yeah. I think it was a really cool decision. And coming from uh, the director Peyton Reed, who has a comedy background, like that's that's perfect. Like this is the perfect kind of kind of hero for him to tackle. And he did the first Ant Man as well. Okay, yeah. Um, so it just kind of made sense. Um, character wise, uh, it was cool to see uh, Lawrence Fishburne in there. Um, even though character wise, I was like, okay, yeah, he's in here for a little bit. Um, and then the actress that played um, Ava, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, but I will look it up right now. Um, I thought she had a hyphenated name. Yeah, she did have a hyphenated name, and that was she. It was. I think she was my least favorite character, just like from a. They just needed. A, they tried to do a lot. They needed. They, tried they needed to do, an antagonist. They, they, yeah, they, there was an antagonist. It was uh, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins' character. He was part of it. Well, yeah. he, the, the thing is, like, if you look, I also at, don't like that guy. I love him and everything he does. Um, he was in the Tomb Raider movie. I didn't Which see I haven't it. seen yet. I, I want to though. I didn't see it, um, but that's okay. Um, but I'm Is saying it? like from from I mean like I said we'll get into it when we get into spoilers. But if you're going with the pure antagonist, like it's him. Like he's the only person with like, but he's like the stereotypical bad guy with no relatability. Yeah. And but that's you know, and it's in this day and age we've seen enough movies and TV shows where we've seen better characters than that. So that's why we kind of like 
throw him off a little bit. Um, but Jeff, yes. Uh, Hannah John Keenan. Yeah, thank you very much. Yep. Thank you very much. Um, this is why we pay him the big bucks. I thought her performance was really good, but I didn't think her character was too like uh, engaging for me. Um, no, she was very flat. Like, yeah. just like, oh, my motivation is, well, we'll spoilers. Get, we'll, we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> um, I will say, I'm trying to think if I have anything else before I want to get into uh, the guts of it. Um, I will point out that um, there are <laughs> five written by credits on this movie um including including chris mckenna who is a alum of community um as well as he was a writer on spider-man homecoming and jumanji oh, nice. um so the, the new jumanji uh yeah the new jumanji I, I remember seeing that when i watched it i was like oh mckenna um so there's that and then um paul rudd also has a written by credit interesting um for this which is really neat um and Eric Summers is also, uh, I think she, I think her and Chris McKenna, or that person, I don't know, I can't tell if Eric, Eric is a guy. I don't know why I thought, I read it as Erica, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Eric Summers, I guess him and Chris McKenna are writing partners because they both did, um, worked on Spider-Man Homecoming okay. and the new Jumanji. I like Spider-Man Homecoming a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the other uh, writing credits here, um, just double checking them, and uh, Gabrielle, Fer- uh, Gabrielle Ferrari and Andrew Barrer. Are, um, Andrew what? Barber. 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 B-A-R-R-E-R. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, so I said it right. But <laughs> they look like they have some uh, some horror writing credits behind them. Barber the horror writer. Um, <laughs> so, many, so many R's. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just want to point that out just because, like, seeing, remembering, me remembering seeing Chris McKenna's name when I watched Community back when it first aired, like in 2009 just tracking somebody that you've like seen their name is kind of cool yeah. um, especially when they're not like an actor you get to see kind of behind the scenes thing um, Taylor loves the credits I do I love the credits I stay for the credits um, we'll have to talk about those post credit scenes when we get there yeah. to spoilers too um, I'm trying to think of anything else it's a Marvel movie of course there's post credits of course um, I think they handled it really well uh, yeah they did yeah um, I think that's about it so I'm ready uh, when you are to get into the spoilery Spo- stuff spoilery Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. First of all, I want to say this movie jumps right into everything. Yeah. Like, we're right in. You know, I, I think uh, getting the whole, um, uh, just jumping right into all the action and leading into uh, the scene with him and his daughter is just a lot of fun. Like, that's you're right in the action of it. You're small callbacks to uh, the, the original Ant-Man but not in like previously on it's just yeah. kind of like we're back in that feel we're back in that vibe Anton which way do we go <laughs> I laughed so hard that his name was Anton all, all, the, all the ants have ant in them it's just so great Ulysses S. Grant and, yeah there was a no- oh Antonio Banderas Antonio Band- <laughs> that, was, that was great too um First of all, shout out to the CGI technology uh, making old people look young again. Yeah, <laughs> Disney's been doing that for a while now. They did it with uh, Tron Legacy. Okay, for, like that was one of the first ones that I can recall specifically. Right, uh, with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta say his name that way. Um, where they made him young for like the flashback scenes, uh, which were really cool. But with those, that was very early days, and you could tell. Something was just off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but still very well done. And then even in the Marvel movies with Captain America and the shrinking of Chris Evans. Yeah. 
uh, because they wanted him to still have his mannerisms ba- because they baby said, Chris. yeah, they were like, no one moves or like acts like he does. Mm-hmm. So we want it to be him. Yeah. And so like physically shrinking him for that movie. And so their special effects have always been very good. And then, yeah, uh, for this, like going back, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, like, age, like aging them down. Uh, yeah. It, I guess it was... To me, bit. Michelle Fiverr has always looked the same. Yeah. Like, in a great way. Yes. But I was like, oh, junk. They made Michael Douglas look like he did in, like, Wall Street. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, I feel like they were not... There weren't a lot of super close-ups, except Michelle Pfeiffer, I guess, had a couple during that scene. Yeah. Where, like, you're not too close to it, so, like, the technology works very well because right. it's not in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not so far away that they're trying to avoid showing any yeah, cracks, yeah. which was great. Um, but yeah, no, that's always very cool tech. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, because this movie goes by so fast. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember, like, like, from one thing to the next, to I the know. next, to the next. For some reason, I'm, like, trying to think of specific plot points, but we never end up really talking about a movie with specific plot points. We just end up kind of talking about it. Yeah. Um, in general. Yeah, just... Whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought they did a really good job of referencing uh, why um, the Scott Lang, yes. um, why Scott Lang is like under house arrest and going through all this, and it's direct relation to what happens in Captain America: Civil War. Um, without it being too like tongue in cheek or like forcing like a reference, like it was like, oh yeah, I remember you did that shit. And even they make fun of it because he like he calls him Cap at one point, yeah. and um, Benjamin like, Lilly's like, character is like Cap. <laughs> He's like Tin in America. America. <laughs> um, His friends, friends, friends call him call him Cap. Yeah. He's like I'm, we're friends. Yeah. Um, no, that was a lot of fun, and I like that they still reference the larger cinematic universe, even though this one is slightly more like reserved or like removed, self-contained. From it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there are larger things going on, but at the same time, this can be kind of outside of that mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Um, and that kind of partially explains like with infinity war happening and like how that stuff kind of plays in that this is still all kind of separate. Right. Um, which, yeah, that's, I guess we'll get to that. That's towards the end more specifically yeah. with infinity war. But I, yeah, they, I guess the like Marvel's vision for the cinematic universe has been kind of ridiculous. Like that they tie all these things together through all these different movies, partially through the Netflix series hmm. and through all these other uh, properties that they have, and are able to make it feel cohesive. Um, because I not everyone can do that. Like DC's been struggling with their cinematic universe forever. Where well, the smart keeping... thing I think that Marvel did was they didn't force anything too soon, and they're not like the immediate. They're not like let's make one movie and then put it in something else. It's like let's develop each one of these characters yeah. until we're all comfortable enough that we you can had put the them solo adventures first, and then you had Avengers, and, and it was together. like, and it, that was like, and that was them coming together. It was the first time they were together, yeah. and then. Separate movies again, and then you bring. I think I feel like they handled separate that. movies plus new characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them together. Yeah, I feel like that was a good way out, to hold it. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
and speaking of just Marvel and making that, so going back to like the first Ant Man, like I said earlier, like wasn't a big fan of how they developed Evangeline Lilly's character in that one at all. Like, it was kind of for me, it was like she was just kind of like this woman that was there to uh, downplay and it was a sexist role. I felt like it was downplay and criticize like efforts made by her dad and efforts made by Scott Lang. And I was like, okay. And she had, you know, they, and, they, and uh, uh, Luis references it in his little, uh, his little truth serum rant about uh, how he, she had the Kate Blanchett haircut that yeah. <laughs> not taking no, no, no uh, shit from nobody or something. Um, but in that, this one, I felt like was great. this, like the title of this movie was absolutely fitting because it felt like it was both, Yes. Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd's movie. Um, and they developed her out real well. Um, and while, like, I was fine with the relationship in the first movie, like, it, it felt organic to me enough. Like, it yeah. felt trite, but it still was believable. Yeah, it's um, like they knew each other, they had those feelings, yeah. whatever. And then in this one, like, it starts off there, like, uh, Scott Lang's in the doghouse because of the tech he used to try and help out the Avengers, but Cap. it's like, yeah, Cap. You know, your buddy Cap. Which, going back to that, him showing up in the back of the van was just like... When he showed up, I was like, that makes perfect sense that that's how he would show up in Captain America Civil War is in the back of a van. <laughs> it made perfect sense. Um, but anyway, like... Sorry, got sidetracked. <laughs> but going into talking about their relationship, like, you had that tension because of what he did for... What he did in that instance. Um, and now they're just kind of, like, kind of repairing that. But they're yeah. also in a state where either or they could have just like they could have gone separate ways yeah. like it wasn't like for me the movie could have uh been fine if they ended up like not like making up and getting back together like it would have been fine if they just like teamed up to do this job and because necessity exactly um but i felt like they played off each other so well like you have great chemistry for both of those both of those actors and the the scene in the school with uh Scott Lang's malfunctioning uh, where he's seismic, little again. Where yeah. he's little, I was I was dying laughing the entire <laughs> time, and she's like treating him like a little kid, like you could do you it. Can do it. He's like, jump, <laughs> you're almost there. Uh, she like wasn't helping him. That was no. the best part. <laughs> no, yeah, that part that was great, and yeah, like she was willing, to, and well, both uh, Hope and uh, Hank. Hope, that was her name. Yeah, Hope Van Dyne and yeah. Hank Pym. Uh, Hank Pym is she'll always a, she'll always be Kate yeah. to me from Lost. He's Ant Man, like Hank Pym from like the traditional Avengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he he was Ant Man, right? Um, but like the two but of them, he old now. Yeah, in in this scenario, um, this universe that they're creating, but he like they were both ready to write Scott off and just be done with him because he betrayed them by taking the suit and going to help Cap and but then like to Scott's point like he felt like that was the right thing to do and there's the conversations with his daughter where he's like like I try to do the right thing he's like it always ends up blowing up in my face kind of thing like mm -hmm. he wants to do good but it just does kind of always go wrong for him mm -hmm. and so that was like one of those things um, but yeah it was like at the beginning of the movie where they like Hope and Hank are just like they're done with him mm -hmm. if he hadn't have had that moment where the quantum entanglement with yeah uh, Hope's mom yeah like I don't know that they would have gotten back together oh yeah definitely um 
But and that, 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 that moves is, our story along. That moves our story along. Yay. Um, let's talk quickly about... I feel like they're going to get lost in this conversation, but let's talk about um, Lawrence Fishburne's character and um, the character of Ava. Um, I... Like it, it, the whole like all the trailers, trailer materials, and um, the beginning part of this movie kind of set it up in a way that she's going to be the villain of this film, mm-hmm. um, and she's a villain of sorts, but only in a circumstantial standpoint. Like she's trying to do one thing, and uh, Ant Man and Wasp and Doctor Pym are in the way yeah. of her achieving that thing. Um, but also, the thing that she wants, she kind of needs them for because she needs to. Um, Use all the quantum energy magic stuff. Quantum energy magic stuff, yes. Uh, that's in a Janet. The the mom. Yeah, Janet, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think her name is Janet. Damn it, Janet. Mrs. Um, Pym. Mrs. Pym. Um. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Janet. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Um. But yeah, no, I just felt like. Um, yeah, they. Again, like, I, they... like I was into, I was into it. I was like, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? And then. She like kind of disappears. Like your character kind of disappears, and we're we're worrying about what's happening next. And that's when I felt like because then, or even like before that, like when Ghost first shows up, it's uh, after the the disagreement with Walton Goggins' character, which uh, we were in the theater and he showed up. I was like, yes, and you're like, no, I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um. But we're let like to me Walton Goggins. I was like he, I recognize him, and I was like he could be a villain, but I could also see him be just like kind of a side villain. So we have him, and then we have Go show up. So now we're like, okay, wh- who's who's the, who's, who's the, the bad guy? Yeah, yeah. And then as the movie goes on, we lose track of both of them. Like we're never really they, they kind of tag team. It's like oh, it's Ghost is the forefront, and then yeah. like Ghost kind of fades back. Ha-ha. Yeah, ha-ha. and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, Go ahead, Jeff. Shake your head. That's, that's the second time uh, I've had to use the hashtag Marvel pun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it trending. Um, Walton Goggins' character. What, what's his character? I don't even remember. I don't remember his character's name. I don't remember. Jeff will find it for us. But um, Walton Goggins. Yeah. Then he comes back, and then it kind of they keep alternating. There's a few, there's like overlapping parts every now and then. Yeah. But for the most part, it's one or the other is kind of being the focus. Yeah. So they're both the bad guy but then again to your point like i guess technically yeah walton is like sunny birch sunny birch 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 is right yeah um ends ends up ultimately i guess being like the bad guy but he's like he never feels threatening but here's the here's the weird thing though where like so I, i my my main flaw with the movie that i've said before is i feel like they're trying to do too much yeah um but here, but this was an interesting, uh, interesting villain portrayals to me because one is a villain that we become that we sympathize with and sympathize with and learn that she's trying to do it out of survival because yes. she'll die. Like yeah. you know, you have you're, right, okay, we get it, and yeah. they want to help her. They just want to go about doing it a different way. Yeah. And then you have Walton Goggins' character who is your your old school stereotypical bad guy for the sake that he wants to make money. Yeah. But his like his. It's not really an arc because he doesn't he doesn't change. Mm-mm. But his plot line was the comedic one, if you think about it. Because who does like because who does he interact with? Like he ends up interacting with the whole team at XCon, which 
anytime those guys are involved is hilarious. Yeah. Like, and Ghost shows up in there, too, and they're all freaking out, like, what's going on here? And then in the chase scenes, they're obviously... Um, the chase scenes were great, by the way. I was a big fan of the chase scenes. Um, I don't the, know... The shrinking car. I don't know how safe the... it is to shrink your car in the streets of San Francisco, but I understand the appeal of it. I understand the slight kind of... Um, it's an homage and a little bit of also not taking yourself too seriously where that like that iconic street in San Francisco, that's like the winding down mm-hmm. street road that yeah. you have like the matchbox car, like going off like this fast and furious type ramp yeah, and then yeah. the regular size car is behind him. Like that's a and cool, that's like a cool little like fun. chase, like heist movie kind of yeah. like, trope. Yeah. Uh, like heat and things like that. Like, yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, and that involved like the, well, Goggins uh, or Sonny Birch's like henchman it involved his henchman, and that was kind of like that's like that's the super shallow plot. It's like that's the bad guy that wants to make money, and he'll probably be stopped. And for me, I was like, I wasn't even concerned about it because no. it didn't feel like too much of a threat to me. Again, and yeah, Walton Goggins is like he he always not always, but whenever he plays a villain, he's a funny villain. Like either he either he's funny or the circumstances he is in are hilarious. I feel like Tomb Raider probably not. We need to watch that. Okay. Well, I know him. I know him from uh, Justified and Sons of Anarchy and uh, Vice Principals. Um, and he plays he plays three totally different characters, but has the uh, he he kind of uh, drew back his southern accent a little bit in this movie, but he has like a thick southern like southern gentlemanly accent in like all three, and it's great. Um, but. Uh, yeah, moving on from that, like we can talk about the the like the action, the comedic action of the um, upscaling and downscaling of things. I think yeah. is great. Like shrinking an entire building into a suitcase. That's that's with funny. The, like that. Yeah, the with the little handle. Like, handle that's just like, it's a gag. Like yeah. it's 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 a funny gag. Like I heard I was listening to a podcast. The Hot and, Wheels car case. Yeah, <laughs> like that's fun. I was listening to a podcast and they were like, "What do they like? Are they not connected to any plumbing?" And I was like, "See, now you're just looking at like." I'm not going to make that criticism because this Did is Did the not... elevator go up or down? Because if it went down, then they're underground. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, for the... Let's see, you can't... To me, I can't look at that too much because I'm like... First of all, you're you're dealing with a, like... Also, where did the wheels come from? Yeah. Like future... You're dealing with like future sci-fi tech and now you're also dealing into magic because you're getting in like the, the quantum shit that... Can be, is like theoretical physics... Ha- like half theoretical physics, half yeah. magic by the end of the movie. Um, That's... <laughs> Will Smith would have shot that little girl because she had the quantum physics book. <laughs> yeah. She's men, up to some shit. Men in black reference. <laughs> um, Speaking of references, uh, this yeah. actually might be a good time for this. Uh, Danny was asking uh, if you guys noticed the uh, the Matrix reference uh, when they introduced Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, he said that literally the word Matrix was written on the board right behind oh, him. I think oh, I, no. I, I think I did see that, but didn't really pay too much attention to it. But mm-hmm. Danny actually let me know that he was going to be trolling this whole time because he hated this movie. Oh, good. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he shared that this movie sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much did oh, it cost it, in the Matrix? It wasn't evident. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and even Lawrence Fishburne in this was like kind of like... He was, he was, he was like, around. Okay, they, like... I feel like ultimately, like Lawrence Fishburne's character, uh, Foster and uh, Ghost, were kind of throwaways. They were there to move the plot along, but like, I mean, they they didn't really have a whole lot of substance. It's like, oh, I'm broken. I need to get fixed. Okay, cool. Yeah. We want to help you. No, I'm gonna do it myself. Okay, yeah. whatever. 
I can um, do it myself. Yeah, I can do it myself, asshole. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah, their character development, I was just like, okay, they care for each other. That's cool. Uh, but they're just kind of there again, like, uh, moving things along mm-hmm. as they're swapping out uh, Birch and then Ghost and Birch and Ghost. Yeah. And then the occasional overlap with Birch, Ghost, and X-Cons. Um, yeah. And it seems like when there was overlap, it was a lot of times, yeah, with those three sets. Mm-hmm. The X-Cons, Security, Birch, Ghost. Uh, I, um, speaking of X-Cons, so like one of my, one of my favorite scenes was like, uh, Michael Pena's character throughout this movie, like, seemed... Like it was trying, like they were trying too hard for him to be like the funny comic relief of it. Yeah. But I really did love the scene uh, once he got injected with the not truth serum. Not, that, and like, um, sounds like a truth serum, man. It's not a truth serum. Yeah. Uh, once he got injected with that and started going on the story of how he met uh, Scott Lang and then how uh, once you they put a diamond in me out in song play. That was that was hysterical because. Because because you got him narrating and you're cutting to them and they're they're mouthing his words like his yeah. exact cadence and speed yes, and which like even mannerisms they, yeah. too like at one point eventually Lily was like doing this and I was like that's that was that's that's cool like that's just fun like, yeah Paul Rogers he was like I'm Scotty yeah we're gonna be best friends yeah like, like yeah. that 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 was just fun I mean that's that and that's kind of what I kind that's what I needed from this kind of movie not that I like I mean we've talked about after Infinity War I was kind of like that was bullshit yeah. but like I'm. I know that these movies are supposed to be fun. Like, I'm not going to be a commercial about it. And th- I feel like this was the most successful. Um, it was most successful in being fun, but not much else. Yeah. Yeah. Quick rant there. Um, Where? Talking about that whole scene with Michael Pena's character, oh, okay. Luis, and yeah. like that yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. and like telling that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. That was funny, but. But I had seen it. There was a trailer that, like, they I think they released like a small clip of that on uh, Instagram. Oh, really? I didn't see that. And so I had seen that already. And so, like, you were like laughing hysterically. I was like, oh, I've already seen this. Like, mm. and that's kind of one of those things where, like, trailers now, like, tease, they give away too much. Um, it depends. Cause, like, I'll be one of those people that when, like, the first trailer comes out, I'll watch that one. And then, not, and then not watch any others. Um, speaking of which, we quick, quick shout out. We finally saw a different Mission Impossible Fallout yeah. trailer before this movie. Yeah. After seeing the first, after, after seeing that same one like ten times. Don't worry, ladies. There's still the the one shot of uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill in there where he's like he does the thing where he like throws his arms down there like. Yeah. He he like, cocks his arms, grows a beard, and a shirt pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and then just wrecks people. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's still in there, so you're good. You're good. But yeah, because we we're when it was coming up, uh, Simon Pegg was like, "Oh, here's another trailer." Yeah, we we're like, "God damn it, not again!" I know. But then it was different. But it was different. That was cool. Uh, okay, enough for that. Yeah, moving on. Back into the movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I hate that the trailers spoil things like that because then when it's happening in the movie, I'm like, "Oh, I already know what this is." Like, yeah, it's funny still, but like loses some of that. I got you. Uh, in the moment, kind uh-huh. of feel to it, and so, uh, but that scene was still great. Uh, I laughed a lot during that. Mm-hmm. 
and the, the truth shim thing came back again later yeah uh, i was like oh call back yeah yeah like that yeah that was the only like that whole uh truth serum scene in the XCon office the only part i really thought landed was michael Pena recounting the story like of them arguing if it's truth serum or not i was like okay i, I get it but like i felt like the the guy the I guy who, was, who, who whoever the guy was that was administering it like what like i just didn't think he did a good job at trying to play whatever character he was trying to play. I yeah. was like, kind of just, I don't know what's happening with that. I think it, I think it landed their whole banter about it being truth serum, mm-hmm. but I think they dragged it just a little too long. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Yeah. You're um, right. Like if they had just like two lines of dialogue back, probably would have been fine. Yeah. But they had to bounce between like four or five characters talking about it being mm-hmm. truth serum. Uh, mm-hmm. That maybe it was just slightly too long. Mm-hmm. Another thing, going back on what we talked about, them trying to do too much, the plot, the the only subplot I thought worked, um, other than them like trying to save um, save Janet and all that, was the fact that uh, the whole the whole side plot of um, the FBI agents like constantly trying to trying to catch him in the act and like uh not being at his house yeah not being at his house and it works it worked extremely well because of um the the actor that played the agent randall park like because he's like he's like the nice guy but he's got to do his job but he's like so like sweet and nice do you want to go to dinner yeah (laughs) (laughs) and him like being like starting to learn uh close-up magic was really funny like he walks in he's like trying to learn close-up magic by watching this youtube clips how did you do that yeah and that's why it was like it was another plot point we had to worry about, but it was a constant, like, chaotic reminder that Scott Lang, like, he was trying to get back in the good graces of these people that he cared about um, and help save someone that he had a he had a reasonable chance to save, but also he had to look out for him and his family, so he yeah. kept having to jump back, um, which I thought that worked. And it was, you know, I, I forgot that... I forgot who... Um, I forgot Judy Greer and Bobby uh, Calavan. Calavan. Uh, yeah, sorry, Cannavale, um, were like the, the the ex-wife and um, and the new husband. Yeah. And I, I saw them. I was like, very, oh, I was like, oh yeah, they're awesome. I like yeah. them. <laughs> just because I like those actors, and it's like, yeah. oh, let's just jump into this role. We'll show up for what well, they probably shot for like a day or two days. Yeah. And then they were done, um, which was great. Um, so that that worked for me. Um, I'm trying to think what else kind of went from there. Um, it it was it was the combination of the sweet and the funny moment when um, Michelle Pfeiffer takes over Paul Rudd's body <laughs> for a little bit. Just, and he's like, "Oh, jelly bean." Yeah, yeah, and like it, yeah. Touching uh, Michael Douglas's face, uh, Hank Pym's, and just because we've seen we've seen Paul Rudd do something like that before, so that was just like it felt. I felt like I was watching like role models again or yeah. something like that. Um, or I love you, man. So was, that's what it felt like to me. Um, and that was like fine. Like the whole plot of finding her, I thought was really cool. That was that was the main, obviously the main like story driving this whole thing. Um, well, quantum realm in general. Uh, I think that might have something to do moving forward. Uh, oh yeah. Well, with I want to talk to that once we get to once we get to that point. Um, but I mean, like the the mission was that. Uh, they thought she was still there and that she could be rescued. Yeah. So that was the main mission why yep. they were doing all this. Um, 
Uh, quick shout out to the seagull gag, which was probably the moment where I laughed the hardest out of anything <laughs> in the movie. Ants. When the ants keep getting eaten by the seagulls. Like when they ended the first time, I just I laughed so hard. Because um, it's not something I was expecting and I was digging it. Yo, Jeff, get some of that meat, bro. It's good, man. Let's go. I'll take, the, I'll take the last. I'll take the last little bit. Go ahead and top me off there. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you, guys were, uh, you guys were talking about um, uh, Randall Park's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have minded it because that character was funny and he's a good actor. I wouldn't have minded it at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, because I tried. To, I think they tried to do too much. Like if they would have gotten rid of a plot line and then supplemented it with a, like something like that, I would have. Been, I would have been down for that too. That's, I mean, that's just they, just, they just try to do too much. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, it was, there was all these different plot lines because they had ex-cons, they had Walton Goggins, mm -hmm. they had Ghost, they had, um, the FBI, know, the FBI, they had Finding Janet, they had mm -hmm. like Scott and his family, yeah. like, and this is supposed to be a fun movie on the comedic side. Like that's a lot to try and put into that yes. kind of, to that kind of movie. Um, uh, formula like that you're oh, yeah. looking for like oh, yeah. it's it, it's busy mm -hmm. but um but, yeah I, th I think they could have done less but to your point earlier like the fact that it was so like on to the next thing on to the next thing like it it still worked and because the pacing it moved, was still well because done. it moved yeah. so fast and like you knew what the I mean not to belittle I mean we're, we're being critical we can belittle if we want to but just like the plot line of Ava really got pushed to the background because the main goal was to get Janet back yeah like this whole movie so that's what we're really focused on we're focused on that and we're focused on the fact that Scott Lang is constantly reminded that he has to be home because he's on this ankle monitor yes and even though he has ants trained to um, which was a, a fun guy. To do the thing, yeah. <laughs> when they're playing, the, they're like playing the drums. Nine hours of sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> like four hours in the bathroom. And For some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. And like then they show that like the ants playing drums and the yeah. ants like sitting in the bathtub. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, supposed to, the... it's supposed to be goofy. By the way, I just want to speak up for ants' rights. Like I feel like we we have to get into a movie. I want to see the third Ant-Man be an ant revolt. Like, I really do. Because I'm looking at all these ants, I'm like, this is kind of messed up. Just <laughs> make them do all this shit for them. I them. know. So messed up. Like, it was, it was slave labor. Is that hashtag ants rights? Ants yeah. rights. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about that. We're going to get PETA calling in a, in a little yeah. bit. Um, so, let's go ahead and fast... Sponsor of the podcast. That's right. Let's go ahead and fast forward to, um, I guess, just kind of the end of it. They finally find... Um, uh, Janet, and after um, Michael Douglas goes through the goes almost, almost eaten by the tardigrades. Yeah, uh, tardigrades, <laughs> water bears. Water bears. <laughs> Shout um, out to tardigrades. They, they live through everything. Yeah, and uh, when they finally meet and they, and they and they kiss for the first time in like thirty years, Mark leans over and he's like, "She, she hasn't brushed her teeth in thirty years." <laughs> and Taylor's like, "You don't know that." <laughs> Uh, it's the quantum realm, man. Anything can happen. She's I think like, somebody else was like, what has she been eating? Yeah. And somebody was like, tardigrades. Tardigrades. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, quantum magic. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like, yeah, that was pretty much it. That's when it like seemed, that's when it got into that magical element because they finally brought her back and we were already able to help Ava um, by merely um, well, Janet. Like That whole thing too was kind of weird where like, 
She's like, oh, I'm going to destroy her. I'm going to suck all the magic out of her as she's coming back, and I'll be healed. Yeah, I want to be like, she's on her way back. Like, Dude, wait. Fucking relax. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she gets stopped, obviously. But then she comes back, and then all Michelle Pfeiffer does is, like, grab her face. Yeah. And then she's... That's what they, they get that magic going. Yeah. The, Which I was like... The healing touch of Michelle Pfeiffer. I was like, that was convenient. But I mean... Um, yeah, like... That wrap-up was kind of unsatisfactory. Yeah. Uh, but again, like, Ghost's whole plotline and character felt rushed and kind yeah. of, like, halfway done. Um, so I guess it was fitting in that sense Yeah, that it wrapped up so easily. Um, yeah. And does that mean now that, like, she doesn't have her powers at all anymore? Like, she can't phase through things and, like... Yeah, because it really like wasn't even a power; it was a side an effect. Accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, so yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, do you want to move on to the well, mid credits scene, or is something well, to bring up before then? the the action? We didn't like get into like all the action scenes necessarily. Oh, okay. Like um, again, you didn't mention like the shrinking and enlarging to great effect. Yeah, one of the scenes in the trailer was the the kitchen scene where they were fighting. Where that was cool. She throws a salt shaker and like enlarges that so the guy can't escape and is running. I on thought the that was a great decision because, um, like, because like this whole concept of Ant Man is like shrinking. So yeah. like, the object could have been like just we're just shrinking everything. Like they could have shrank the person, but like I think it was it, it because of the type of movie this is. Let's just enlarge the salt shaker and it blocks the door. Like that was yeah. funny because that's not something you would you would really expect. Um, but then yeah, but then like. That the tag team fighting of like uh, of Ant Man and Wasp inside that kitchen scene was really cool, and that yeah. goes back to that chemistry we talked about. And then the uh, the scene on the streets in San Francisco where uh, Scott's suit is stuck in large in giant mode, and he's like using he's, the, the thing is like he's uh, in the truck, it's like a scooter. Sca- yeah, he's got like one leg on it. He's, he's like not even scooting. cool about it. Like he's not even using it as a skateboard. Like he's no. kneeling on it, and he's uh, using just one like, foot to just push. <laughs> And, like, when the, the other cars are coming at him and they, like, have their guns, he's like, flip. <laughs> and he just, like, flicks their guns away and, like, just pushes stuff over because he's oversized. Like, all that stuff was great. Yeah. Uh, and then on the boat, like, when he gets big in the water and is like, yeah. like, let go, give me that. And he's like, Ugh. Yeah. Just, like, pokes him and shoves him out over. Out of the way! Yeah. Get out of my way! Um, I'd, like... All those scenes were done very well, mm-hmm. uh, and like they landed. I I feel like yeah. to, to use your your words earlier. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. No, I don't. I know. <laughs> I know. Like I said, I got, oh, you don't like Scottish shales? Never mind. Mm. Um, I got one of those cinnamon vanilla variants. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I got one. I got it. Keep, all right, I got it. keep talking. Mod um, job. And so yeah, no, I think the action was very well done, very well choreographed. It's on the door. It's the single can that far back. The big one. Nope, the little one. The little one. Oh, the little one. Little solo guy. Oh, dude, they did a terrible job wrapping this. I know, but that's just embarrassing. Oh, that's oh, that's an extra terrible job. But hey, shout out though. Uh, it's it's good. New yeah, who, who is that by? Trophy Brewing. Oh, that's Trophy. No, it's yeah. Bond Brothers. Or sorry, oh, Bond Brothers. Oh, you no, oh, you right. Yeah, sorry. God. Bond Come Brothers. Come on, man. No. Shout Sorry, out. New sponsor right now. No, just kidding. They're not nope. a sponsor. But I'm drinking a, a Bond Brothers Cinnamon, Cinnamon Vanilla, Vanilla Variant. Imperial Stout. 
It's uh, so good. Okay, it's very good. All right, moving on. <laughs> but no, like I feel like the action was very well choreographed, and again, like the interplay between Wasp and Ant Man, mm-hmm. where like he like shrink and like then kneel down and she jumps off his back or like whatever like just kind of how they tag team everything like their teamwork uh, is very seamless and just kind of that's fucking teamwork kind of speaks to their relationship where I mean she even referenced the one but she's like I taught you how to do that kick and like they have that kind of back and forth about how like them working together um they just, I mean, they, they work well together. Yeah. Um, for show. For show. Uh, what was the <laughs> You don't like Scottish ales? No, it's not even Scottish. It's Scotch. Scotch ale? Is it a re- oh, yeah. Scotch ale. Yeah. I feel like that's a big difference. I can't read. <laughs> we won't talk about what brewery that is uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Because um, I'll get it wrong again. Yeah. No, I mean, I think just, I think we, we, we were being redundant about it, but like, it was a fun movie with, but it, it had a lot of flaws. Like it was just, yeah, yeah it was kind of that. Um, okay. Middle, mid credit scene. The mid credit scene. Let's talk about the mid credit scene. Go ahead. Go ahead and just give a brief summary <laughs> in case somebody's watching and they, they don't care to watch it just so they know what we're talking about. So... One of the whole things was that the quantum realm, the energy there could be harnessed and utilized as like the next big energy source. And that's kind of where Walton Goggins' character comes in, Birch. He wants in on that. He wants that to be like the next like uh, like gold like oil, gold mm-hmm. rush, all that kind of stuff, where he's like, this will be the ne- the next big thing. And so they're after they've rescued Janet, they're like, well, we can use that, but we can use it right and use it well for healing properties and these other things. So they send uh, Scott Lang into the quantum realm with a container to harvest the quantum energy. And while he's in there, they're like, okay, man, like no screwing around, go in get the energy. Let's come back out. And he goes in and they're talking and he gets the energy, and he's like, all right, guys, bring me back. And he gets, like, radio static back. And he's like, guys, you told me not to screw around. Like, come on, let's figure that out. And then it cuts back to the real world where, they're, where they were all standing. So uh, Hope, Hank, and Janet were all standing out there. And uh, they're gone. Ashes. Ashes are there. Uh, so shout out to Infinity War for killing everyone again. <laughs> Thanos. Uh, Hashtag spoilers. We are. Well, we talked about that already. And if, if you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is al- already a spoiler section. Yeah, this is already a spoiler section. For, for Ant Man. But it's also Marvel. <laughs> like, if you've seen. I'm re- actually, I'm very curious to see who went and saw Ant Man and not, not Infinity, Infinity War. War. <laughs> and if, if you're like, if that's what? you, let us know. I will write you an actual apology. We'll send you free movies. And we'll send you free movies. Uh,. So, challenge accepted there, I guess. But, yeah. So, like, that's all kind of come to fruition now. Um, Everyone's gone, I guess, half the universe. And so, because of that end credits scene there, like, Scott Lang's kind of stuck in the quantum realm. Uh, And then they show the rest of the credits. Yeah. And And I I think it's... 
I think it was a good way. Go ahead. Yeah. I think it was a good way to tie it in. Mm-hmm. Because of because you know Ant Man isn't in Infinity War. Yeah. So it's a good way to tie that in and see that effect and um, I God. All right, now I'll get into the bro. Our, I'll get into our, our bros that were in our theater. Like, it was just like one guy and he, he was with people, but he was yeah, the only one. They being like loud so and the way the way the the scene is cut is once Scott Lang is in the quantum realm, the we're the camera's on him and we hear the static and he's like, "What's going on?" And then we cut. Back to the the little mini uh, quantum realm tunnel was like in the back of a van. Yeah. So they pan from the van to like the stationed stationed equipment that Hank, Hope, and Janet were in, and then we start to see the ashes. And the bro in the theater is like, "Oh, oh my fucking god!" Yeah. He was <laughs> oh like, my god! They he's did like, it. He's, he's like yelling. Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm sorry." Like he's, he knows people are like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" He's like, yeah. "I'm sorry." Oh my fucking god! And I'm just like. Really, that's the reaction. That's that's the, what we need. What needs to be expressed at this point? Apparently, he felt it was. I was like, so ridiculous. It, it was, First of all, it was it was loud and like nobody else was freaking out. No, like some people were like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> like, like and, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but this guy was like losing his shit. He like, was. I losing, can't believe they did that. It was. It was. He was losing his mind. Um, and I was like, bro. Yeah. Everybody's coming back. Just, <laughs> just calm down. It's true. Um, it's true. And I thought it was absolutely genius, the end credit scene. So there are two credit scenes. The mid-credit scene is the one we just talked about. The end credit scene is after the rest of the credits roll by and they show this one. And it's great. I loved it. Um, they're showing uh, they're just this camera. Um, Scott Lang's house. Sweeps through Scott Lang's house. There's nobody there, but we hear the drums playing. And then it goes up and the ants, one of the big ants is playing drums. And it zooms up to him. And then it just cuts to black and it just says Ant- uh, Ant-Man and Wasp will turn. I was like, it was the ultimate troll end credit scene. Like, it was like, it was like we just ended on this note that connected it to Infinity War. And you think we're going to give you more? No. <laughs> you think we're going to lighten this up? No. You, you're, staying, you're staying a little well, bit longer so you can see this. We'll yeah. show an ant playing drums and then yeah. cut away. Well, because even like <laughs> as they're sweeping through the house, like the TV's there and they're like, it's that like screen where it's like, oh man, like, Things are wrong. Here's like the caution test. Like mm-hmm. something's wrong. We'll be back. And it's like you hear that kind of noise that you're used to for like when you have those warning screens come up. Yeah. And it's going through, and then you hear the drums, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, someone's still here. And, and it's an ant. Fucking ant. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. It was. It was good though. Um. So yeah, that's. And then all right, I, I'm curious to hear your thought on this. Is I've heard a couple of. Um, predictions and rumors as to what happens next in like this Marvel universe. So the next movie slated to come out is Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's, I that's March of next year, I believe. And so one of the theories is that uh, the quantum realm deals with time travel, and that actually quantum entanglement. Probably. Okay, and actually, um, and it's even rumored that Captain Marvel's movie will take place in the '90s, and that goes back to what we talked about in the previous podcast, where like the beeper. It's like a time yeah. deeper or something like. Now, I've heard a theory that Ant-Man goes back to the 90s with Captain Marvel. Interesting. And I thought that was kind of cool. The one that came to my mind, though, was this, like, oh, Ant-Man is just going to be integral in bringing everyone back that yeah. dissolved in Infinity dissolved. War. Dissolved. Yeah. IMDb claims that's March 2019. Yep. Gotcha. Awesome. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because uh, Captain Marvel is, like, 
she's she's one of the most powerful. Yeah, she's like hacks, right? Like yeah. she can pretty much do anything. She like flies and she has magic powers and she's, and Bri- like, and she's Brie Larson, so yeah, she's cool. She, yeah. And so all these things, and so like she apparently can stand toe to toe with Thanos. Mm-hmm. And so that's how this kind of all ties in. And so what I'm wondering is how that ties into bringing people back because that will happen like we know yeah somehow that will yeah and i don't because know this again, is not real life this is it, the yeah, movies yeah <laughs> uh, again quantum realm being time travel related and then going back and undoing what thanos did and then captain marvel stopping him before yeah. that all happens like i guess like we'll find out mm-hmm. but i'm interested to see the the captain marvel movie i don't know a lot about her character uh that's not a hero that i've really probably... followed I'll probably only see it because we'll probably do a podcast on it. Probably. So. <laughs> Another goddamn Marvel Another movie. Another goddamn Marvel movie. Uh, I think we're on a break for a little bit, which will be nice. Yeah. Of Marvel movies. Um, March is the next one, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. well, you said you, no Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, we're not doing that. We'll probably do Venom. Oh. I'll go see that. Yeah. We'll probably do Venom. Okay. It's not MCU, but it's still Marvel. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, so yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Um, the end. So I, yeah, for, for me, like... If you saw, if you're if you're just a Marvel person and you see all the Marvel movies, obviously go see it. Um, I think if you're if you're not a huge, if you're a Marvel person but is not like super dedicated like I am, and you saw Infinity War, go see this one because Infinity War for me like it was just like stop pulling my chain, <laughs> you know, just quit it. it it's a nice. Uh, I think I made the reference of like it's like taking it after it's after dinner mint pretty yeah. much. Um, it's it's nice and refreshing. The ginger. And it's, it's nice and refreshing and, uh, and it's fun. It doesn't take itself, itself too seriously, but at the same time, it, like I said, like we said at the end, ties in to um, everything that happens in the movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, would your thoughts pretty much on that? Yeah, like I mean, if you enjoyed the first Ant Man, if you saw that, you'll enjoy this one. Like it's very similar uh, with the humor and the characters, uh, but just more focus on the characters and less on their like origin and the kind of like the heist film the first one was um it's still fun so yeah again like to this point like if you're in for the marvel cinematic universe go see it uh follow up for infinity war go see it if you like the first ant-man go see it uh but if you don't have any ties to that i'd I appreciate you watching this because then I guess that doesn't really <laughs> involve you at all. But yeah. maybe don't go see it. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's a, a smaller subset of people. I feel like at this point, most people have bought into mm-hmm. what Marvel's doing. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I feel like this. Uh, yeah, I always like doing these, even though they're Marvel. It's like the same thing over and over again. But it's it's still good. What I do, what I have enjoyed about what these Marvel movies bring to movie-going culture is that I feel like they're getting more people back into going to the movies. Yeah. Um, which I always enjoy the theater experience. Um, Mark, what are you looking forward to uh, this week? This upcoming week? Uh, Octopath Traveler coming out on Friday. Hey. Are you um, going to stream that anywhere? I don't know. I, I, I haven't played anything in forever. I still haven't finished God of War. I'm way behind in all my games. Um, oh, I, know. Poor bitch. I know, right? I just need to quit my job, become independently wealthy, and just play my backlog of video games. Okay, good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. You say that's Octopath Traveler? Octopath Traveler, All yes. right, so I just want to make sure I got the right tag. Yep. Uh, that's a Square Enix title. Uh, very retro-inspired. Uh, very neat. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a Switch, 
there are demos available on the eShop. Check them out. And uh, I guess that's probably it for this this week. Um, cool. Taylor, what are you looking forward to? And also, mm. your binge-watching show to answer Brooke's question. Yes. Oh, right. Um, well, what I'm looking forward to this week, I'm looking forward to um, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, uh, yeah. Really looking forward to going and seeing that um, from director Boots Riley, starring Tessa Thompson and Lakeith Stanfield. Um, but looking forward to checking that out. Um, going we'll, during the day when I can't go. We'll report back next week on it. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, so let's answer answer some of the some of the viewer questions, and we'll take some recommendations as well. So that first question, um, what was it? Favorite binging show or favorite show, show. I've seen multiple times? Well, or so so the, the, yeah. So I, I kind of posed that question to you because so she was talking about what she's been watching recently, which has been The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I feel like you probably have at least seen one episode, so it's not a recommendation, really. So I wanted to see kind of what your, you know, favorite binge-watching slash go-to, I could watch this at any time and still find it enjoyable and never get sick of this show. Bob's Burgers. Um, Bob's Burgers is definitely up there. Um, Parenthood is definitely up there for me, too. I love that fucking show. Dude. It's <laughs> so good. I don't know that I've seen maybe more than like one or two episodes of that. It's just, just really good and there's absolutely I mean there's no crazy premise behind it. It's just it's just really well written and well acted and gets you in the feels. Um, but not in like a depressing way. You know it's just kind of it's got a good mix of ups and downs. Um, community is always on there for me. Yeah. Um, but that's not like that's not not my go-to. Not regular, but like, or like I'll yeah. watch that till the cows come home. Like, Same I with just, Psych. Like, yeah, and he's just in a show like that. Um, I mentioned a couple episodes a couple episodes ago. Nicole and I got into Superstore. That's become like Nicole's binge show, and now is just watching episodes of Superstore, which she really enjoys. Um, but yeah, so thank you, thank you, Brooke, for positing that uh, suggestion, and then Jeff coming up with that question. Um, any other recommendations from the viewers? Uh, or so, comments. So uh, no other recommendations other than the uh, the podcast, podcast revisionist uh, history. Yeah, revisionist mm-hmm. history. Very um, cool. So maybe maybe go check that out. Okay. Um, I did have a little side discussion going on, um, and it seems like there's a little bit of hesitation that people have of getting into the Marvel universe because mm. they come out so quickly. If you miss one, you feel like you're starting. Like you I know. Like how, how do you deal with that? I feel like in the past two years, it's just like they've been so many. I don't know. Like for me, I'm I'm comfortable enough with seeing mo- like two thirds of them, um, because I do get tired of these of all Hollywood is churning out is just franchises. Um, very rarely, not very rarely, because indies are all over the place. But I feel like the more commercial successes are not one-off films. Um, they're part of franchise films, whether it's a Jurassic Park franchise or a Marvel franchise or a Mission Impossible franchise for some reason. Um, for some reason. Well, I mean, just like just for an example. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like I'm comfortable having not, se- having not seen all of them. The only reason I tried to catch up a little bit was because of Infinity War. I didn't want to be like, who the fuck's that guy? Or yeah. where did that come from? You know, I just kind of wanted to get a – Yeah, them. I wanted to get a sense at least of where all of them were coming from. Um that's how I would I handle it is just kind of 
I'm comfortable missing some. Like, I don't feel obligated. The only reason I feel obligated now is because we do a podcast on movies, and I feel like that's a popular topic to talk about. And yeah. I feel like it's worth. It's something worth studying too, um, because you know, in the Phenomena. past, we're in the past ten years, we're dealing with these massive franchise films that are beyond three installments. You know? Yes. Um, so it's definitely something uh, worth talking Outside about. Outside of trilogies, and they're multiple sagas tied together, right. and it all kind of... And is... then dealing into Netflix, like for me, that's just a more easy... It's an it's a easier platform to ingest media. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... I mean, you could have it on while you're like working, or while you're on the toilet. Like You could you could do anything, really, with that kind of content. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. What about you? Um... I don't know. I guess I've always been... You've seen a, everything. Yeah, I've seen all of them. Uh, Mark's I've, like, how I handle it? I handle it. I, I handle <laughs> I do the damn thing. Uh, no, I've just always kind of been a geek. And so, like, I these things are available now, and they're out there, so I go and enjoy them. Um, and that's just kind of how I approach it. Like, And it's not for everyone. I know not everyone wants to give that their money their time uh to these things in this way but i mean it's something that i enjoy uh i have i i guess i haven't been let down yet i they're i think they've all been relatively enjoyable in one way or another they're not masterpieces necessarily uh but i don't need that to have a good time um so yeah, I mean, just Mark's got low standards. <laughs> I've, I've been told I have a trash palette uh, for for many things, uh, but I'm I'm easy to please. Uh, I just uh, I don't know. I, I think they do well with what they do in the niche, the market that they're in, which is getting less niche and getting more broad appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, yeah, just I go and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so, you don't have to. Uh, to Taylor's point, you could probably miss a couple of them. Uh, I feel like there's even guides online for like these are the things you need to see or need to know. Or you could just wiki by going shit. into like, you it. Just yeah. go on and be- synopsis. Read yeah. Like wiki that is also going to have already seen everything. Like if you're going to be that dedicated to learning about this, you just go see it. Well, I mean, like there are some wiki results that like you'll look up and just look. Okay. It's quicker to read like the three paragraph synopsis of general than watch a two and a half hour movie. Watching, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do know some. A lot of people like uh, instead of going to see like Thor: Dark World before Infinity War, like read a synopsis about it because Thor: Dark World is generally considered one of the weaker or the weakest of the Thor movies. Mm. Uh, the first one was good. Second one was weak. Dark World and then Ragnarok is widely considered to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I know a lot of people like skipped that one. Uh, just looked up a synopsis of it, moved on uh, because that one is kind of important for Infinity War. Like going into that, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess okay. it just it just depends on the level of commitment you want to put into it, uh, money, time, just however you're feeling about it. Uh, there are multiple avenues for you to pursue to to still have the same enjoyment out of it. I think. Yeah. Um, you don't have to see all of them, yeah. So, for the real go-getter out there that really just wants to sit down and, and get started on this, where did the Marvel Universe start? Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, the first one. The original Iron Man? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great movie. Uh, 
It was. It's it was fantastic. a really good movie, and it was you know it was you could consider it brown ground. Tony Stark too, built cause... this in a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, Jeff? No, that was it. Cool. Yeah, we had a good, good audience today. Nice. Uh, all right, Mark. Where can the people find your junk? My junk. Yeah. My junk is as always uh, Spiders Corner Games on Facebook. And then Spider12587 on the various social medias, uh, like Instagram, Twitter, um, and that is Spiders with a Y, as always. Taylor, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Adams. You guys have any feedback for us, please, uh, please feel free to send please. us said feedback uh, at scrapproductions at gmail.com with the subject line, popcorn and nerds thank you so much uh guys listening on the podcast and girls and gender non-binaries uh thank you everyone for watching the live stream yeah thank you thank you everyone for watching the live stream on facebook live as always we do these uh every week whenever we do a podcast it's a lot of fun a little out of uh interactive elements it's really cool so we really like doing this so we're gonna keep on doing this until people stop watching yeah um yeah go ahead and check us out on uh twitter and instagram at we are scrapped uh we post updates there as well uh be sure and be so kind uh if you like what you're hearing uh, go ahead and subscribe to us on uh any podcast platform you listen to you guys can visit popcornandnerds.com that's where all of our episodes live uh and don't forget to leave us uh some reviews to let us know how we're doing um, this episode is sponsored by no one in particular, but we are available. We will sell out in a minute. Uh, our main theme is brought to you by JMac of Fourth Quarter Entertainment, and all of our artwork is done by the lovely and talented Nicole Yang. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening, and we hope to bring you something new and fresh and exciting next week. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye.